This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You heard from them last hour. You're going to hear more throughout the course of the show from Bill Belichick, from Robert Kraft. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Just an hour ago, the Patriots made it official with Belichick and Kraft addressing the media and coming out and saying that they have mutually agreed to part ways. And it's very clear that in, that Belichick is going to be coaching somewhere else next year and very much wants to do that. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and want you to be a part of the program on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. But when you talk about Bill Belichick, and you talk about what's gone on the last 24 years in New England, you have to try to put in perspective what the legacy is. Because it's my the first thing that is going to come to my mind is the simplest thought, right? And that is, well, it, it's pretty easy. This is the greatest coach in the NFL that we've ever seen. And in New England, I think you're going to be chasing that for a very, very long time. But... There is more to it, and I'm curious to get your take on how you would view this uh, as far as trying to establish what Belichick's legacy is. I I think the best people to talk to about understanding Belichick's legacy would be diehard fans of the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins because I don't think anyone understands his greatness, his success, his legacy more than those people. I really don't. You know, we we live in a society where where materialistic things are constantly just elevated, right? Like the idea of having the the nicest car, the the nicest watch, all this stuff. And this isn't a railing against society, but it's to put things in perspective. Like you're at point A and you're trying so hard to get to point B. If I can just get to this promotion, if I can just get there, I can go from an apartment to buying a small home. And the second you get there, you think you've solved everything. And It might feel good for a few weeks, and then immediately you start thinking about the next promotion and the bigger house. And then you get there, and you're chasing the vacation home, or you're chasing the boat, or the third car, the private education. Like, that's where we're at. Like, being content, being grateful is very difficult. Very difficult for a lot of people. You hear a lot of that at the start of every new year. Let's be grateful. Let's focus more on gratitude. Well, if you're a Patriot fan, it's been nothing but stacking Super Bowls, right? Like some fan base is so excited that their team can finally break through and get to the postseason. Talk to the Bears. Talk to Bears fans about what life is like right now. But the, the Patriot fans had this whirlwind two-plus decades where how could they possibly put anything into perspective, right? Like, like none of us would be able to handle that. They're at a point where, you know, Belichick the next year goes to the playoffs, the first year without Brady. They go to the playoffs, they get waxed by Buffalo. Everyone starts talking about whether or not he's lost it. They need to move on, right? Like, if you're a fan of the Dolphins, Jets, or Bills, and you have been beaten down by that man and that organization for two-plus decades, you know exactly what his legacy is because your season starts every year with you realizing your only chance at the playoffs is a wild-card spot because New England owns the division. Those people know it better than anybody. This is why I was talking about earlier uh, the idea that if he was willing to give up some power in personnel and stay, maybe that would have been the best course of action for New England because – They've gotten a little taste of it here the last couple of seasons. Welcome to mediocrity. Welcome to the middle of the pack. Because the generation plus, I would let's call it a generation and a half, 
that has never really known anything but Patriot dominance is about to get a, a kick in the pants. While getting some World Series mixed in, some yep. Stanley Cups mixed in, yep. um, the Boston Celtics mixed in. They're yep. doing quite well, quite well in New England. What what the people who have only experienced that don't understand is the previous 36 years that they had before that where they went to one Super Bowl and got the doors blown out in it in the one Super Bowl and were continuously a joke across the league until the guy took over and until they found Tom Brady. I think the other thing too here that's important is that when we talk about Belichick, we have been anxious to separate him from Brady over the last few years to say, oh, look, he couldn't have done it without Tom because he didn't, right? Could Tom... While he did go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl right away, could Tom definitively have won six in New England without Bill? No. I, no. Come on. There's just no. there's no chance. There's no chance. Definitely not the Rams one. Definitely not the first one. No. No. And But think about this for a second, because let's not ignore how much talent was in place when he went to Tampa. I mean, think about all the offensive talent they had, and then they added Gronk to that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they had an amazing offensive line. And now... Well, no one realized how elite yeah. that defense was until they beat the hell out of Mahomes and the Chiefs. Exactly. And then everyone looked around and they're like, man, it's exactly. actually a pretty good defense. Well, see, Tom can do it without Bill. Eh, listen, Bill's defense, plenty of times, bailed them out. And he did it on an elite level sometimes with players that were not the super high draft picks. We knock him for what's going on with the draft. Again, this was a stat from Peter King the other day. The Patriots draft picks from 2016 through 2020, the first three rounds, not one first, second, or third round pick in that five-year stretch signed a second contract with the team. That's, that's atrociously bad to, when it comes to evaluating talent. But the one thing Bill could always do is go and find the guy that was not necessarily the top draft pick and get the most out of him. I want to hear the from Teddy Bruschi this morning because he had an amazing way of describing what Belichick does as a head coach. I want you all to think of a wet towel, okay? You know a wet towel when it drips and it's and what you try to do is get all of that water out of that wet towel and how do you do it? You take both of your hands and you wring that towel over and over and over again, okay? That towel is the player. Bill Belichick are the hands that wring the water out. And the water is the talent of that player. Bill Belichick could get every drop of physical ability, mental ability, football playing ability out of you somehow, some way. And it didn't, know, it didn't matter how he did it, it was gonna happen. And if you were a player, that wanted to win championships, that's exactly what you wanted. You wanted every ounce of ability to be wrung out of you somehow, some way, because the success of winning Super Bowls is what this game is all about. And that's what it was like to play for Bill Belichick. It's the Frank Costello line from The Departed. You give me a tuba, I'll get something out of it about, you know, uh, about uh, John Lennon, right? <laughs> that's what Belichick does as a coach. Bruski sounds like a monk there. 
Ruski really <laughs> sounded like a monk there, connecting with his inner self. It was, it was, it was fantastic, fantastic what he said. I mean, it, there are so many ways to look at his career. Stats are an easy way to look at the legacy, the wins, and and all, and all that other stuff. I, there's there's so many anecdotes that have come out from him over the years. The one that sticks with me, and I'm going to do a horrible job of laying this out, but it's the 2018 season, the 2019 Super Bowl. It was the year the Patriots beat the Rams. Remember Jared Goff, 13-3, wasn't mm-hmm. a great Super Bowl. A year after, the Patriots had lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl uh, in a wild shootout that everyone enjoyed. This game kind of stunk, and there's this story that comes out where the Patriots are on the sidelines in the second half, and Brady's standing there, and Belichick's standing there, and I think he's got McDaniels next to him, and they're just having a conversation, and Belichick looks down at his hand with the play sheet and everything, which is essentially the game plan, and he just goes, this, this, and I'm paraphrasing again, but he goes, this game plan is, is crap, and he just throws it on the ground. Like, he realizes they've spent two weeks getting ready for this game, and they're in the second half, and all the work they put in, it was just garbage. It wasn't working. They hadn't scored much. I think they had three points to that point. It just wasn't working out for them. And they adapted on the fly. They sat there and they said, here's what we're going to do on this drive. This drive, we're going to find a way to get down the field and we're going to get back to the basics and we're going to do this. And sure enough, that was the drive. I think it was the five-play, 69-yard drive. It leads to the only touchdown of the game. Brady hit Gronk, I think, on the big play down the side right by the goal line, and then they punched it in. And they end up going on the win. Like, that's the story. That's a guy who's not stuck in his ways. No, no, this is the plan. It's going to work. He realized there was an issue. And rather than let ego get in the way, throws away the game plan and they adjust on the fly and they go on to win the game. Like that's the hallmark of leadership. That's the hallmark of putting ego to the side and finding ways to get things done when you're up against it. Here was some of what Bill had to say at the beginning of his news conference about an hour ago. All right, morning. Seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. Uh, Robert and I, after a series of discussions, have uh, mutually uh, agreed to um, part ways. And uh, for me, this is a day of, um, you know, gratitude and celebration. Um, Start with Robert and his family. Um, It's great, so much thanks for the opportunity to to be a coach here for 24 years. Uh, It's an amazing opportunity, Um, received tremendous support. Uh, We had a vision of, you know, building a winner, building a championship football team here. And uh, that's exceeded exceeded my my wildest dreams um, and expectations. Uh, the amount of success that we were able to achieve together, um, you know, through a lot of hard work and, you know, contributions of so many people. Um, so I'm very proud of that and, and um, I always have those, those great memories. I'll carry with those, those with me the rest of my life. And we're going to hear more from Belichick. We're going to hear more from Robert Kraft. He's expected to take questions from reporters about an hour from now. It's Carlin versus I got one Joe. thing I'd like to say. Can I still throw one thing in there? You go ahead. Belichick opens with a joke and no one gives him the courtesy laugh. Shame on everybody in that room. Did Every we... single reporter in that room now, me... who's going to write a story and get plenty of clicks today because of the story. Shame on you for not giving him the courtesy laugh. He finally showed you some personality and you did nothing with it. All right, let me ask a question, though. Evan, I'm going to bring you in here for a real quick second. Just take me behind the scenes here. Was there a, a little edit there at the beginning so that we get into his comments, or was that the actual natural reaction of everybody in that room? I wish I knew the answer to that. I do not. I did not right, edit I just, that. By the way, if you're getting ready to throw a cocktail party, make sure you invite Carlin. Hell of a guy coming in just raining on all the fun. 
Can we see if there was an edit there I'm as to why to they weren't laughing? The benefit of the Which doubt. is what everyone well, driving you, around is thinking right now. Was you, it edited? Was it edited out? Hey, you want to cast dispersions on all the Ugh. media? That's on you. I know how you feel about the mainstream media. It's fine. <laughs> all I'm trying to do is present facts. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Hey, Belichick's not the only legendary coach to make a change in the last 24 hours. One of his best friends, Nick Saban, has retired as well, and one of Alabama's top choices already says, no thanks, I'm staying put. It's next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. (laughs) This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Breaking news from Chris Lowe at this moment. Nick Saban is retiring. Six national championships, the greatest coach of all time. I think he'd gotten to the point where he felt like he had given everything he could to make Alabama a championship contender every year. And this was the right time, the right place for him and his wife and his family to walk away. I wonder how much that Nick Saban was thinking about this long before anything happened this season. He's the kind of man that says, you know what? I enjoy doing this, but at a certain point, I want to be with my family. So today, it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots separating, although he's not retiring. He wants to go and coach. And now, uh, 24 hours ago, it's Nick Saban who steps away from Alabama. And we're talking about two guys who are the best of friends and, frankly, are the two greatest to ever do it in their sports. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. So Belichick and the Patriots, in case you missed it, made it official about a little over an hour ago that they are going their separate ways. And Belichick clearly is going to be coaching somewhere else next year. Doesn't sound like Nick Saban's thinking about that. He's thinking about his retirement right now. And listen, the legacy 
that's a discussion that you can have for days and days when it comes to Saban. What really gets interesting now after, you know, 24 hours or so since that news broke is where is Alabama headed next for their head coach? Now, Pete Thamel yesterday uh, on the College Game Day podcast with Reese Davis threw out some possibilities. I uh, I put out a list of, of Dan Lanning, Kalen DeBoer, Dabo Sweeney, James Franklin, Mike Norvell, and Marcus Freeman. No order, uh, no order there. Um, I just don't think Steve Sarkeesian would leave Texas, so that's why I did not, uh, I did not put him on the list. And I have a hard time seeing Greg Byrne uh, hire Lane Kiffin, considering Lane Kiffin was fired from Alabama. You only, I assume, will hire a big-time headliner coach at Alabama, and to do that is going to be costly. Um, changing out all the assistance is going to be costly. Like there's a lot that's going to flow in and out, uh, in and out through there. But I would think that, that Greg Byrne, uh, you know, an accomplished lifelong son of an athletic director uh, himself, uh, has the challenge of his career ahead of him. So that's Pete Thamel, the ESPN College Football Insider. And an hour ago, again, that was yesterday. Uh, about an hour ago, Dan Lanning uh, announced through a video uh, that Oregon put out that he is staying put that the grass is damn green in Eugene, as he put it. It's not greener somewhere else. So Lanning can be scratched off that list. There are some obvious people on that list that Pete threw out that cannot be the coach, Joe. And those two uh, would start with me, with Dabo Sweeney and James Franklin. I don't know where we're coming up with those as possibilities right now uh, because we know what the Sweeney connection is, but it's pretty clear that it has taken a nosedive at Clemson, and a lot of it has to do with NIL. He strikes a lot of people as someone who's watched the game class passing by because he was very defiant with the transfer portal and everything else. It's not how we do things around here. We don't build through the transfer portal. Okay, you don't you haven't, win. You haven't really competed at the highest level since that started. So those two things might be correlated, or maybe that's just me reaching at the current moment. Um, he would have he he. I think he had it. He was the inside guy for that job. I think he blew it the last few years. I don't. I wouldn't put him at the top of the list. I also think you need someone who's a little bit more serious. Like you, you're you're coming off the most serious and organized head coach in the history of college football. Dabo's a little bit more of a. I don't, it's like I don't mean to say this in a negative way, like a cartoonish character, right? It's a little cartoony watching him sprint out ahead of his team at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Like he's got to be the guy in front when he runs out, right? You got to see Dabo 15 yards before any of the players. He's the guy. It just doesn't seem like the perfect fit there. The Franklin thing, it feels like that was an agent getting involved. An agent got him on the list, and like we all see it. We all realize that's not legitimate. You can't not beat Michigan and Ohio State every single year and then get the Alabama job. That's not how that works. You don't get to fail up like that into the best opening on the planet, which, by the way, 13 straight 11-win seasons. So good luck to who's ever stepping in. I got a name. I'll get to him in just a second. A lot of people are throwing Kalen DeBoer out there, head coach of Washington. Does that make sense to you? I think we're seeing that Kalen DeBoer is a tremendous coach. I don't know that if I'm Kalen DeBoer, that's what I want to do right now. Do I? And and the the inherent problem with this is, If you're going to follow Nick Saban, you have to be of a special mindset, right? But every coach is of that mindset. Some of them are just delusional about it. 
because every coach has an ego that says, yeah, I can go in and I can follow Nick Saban and I can have that same level of success there. Uh, some of them are delusional. Kalen DeBoer, I think would, I'd give him more than a puncher's chance to have a great level of success there. But when you're going to Alabama, it's different, man. Like if you're not in the college football playoff at a bare minimum next year, they're already screaming for your head. I mean, 10-3 and three was the worst season Nick Saban produced outside of his first year on the job. First year on the job, he went 7-6. and six. Then the next year, he went 12-2. and two. Then he won a national title. Uh, he, I've never seen him, I think, more, and it might have had to do with him having his mind already made up. I've never seen him more satisfied than we saw him with what his team accomplished this year. Look, if I'm, if I'm Alabama... And I can't believe I'm going to say this. And, and you brought this name up earlier uh, when we were talking about this on the air. I don't know if you were going to bring it up here, but we got to get into it. Mike Norvell is probably uh, the way to go. Florida State, huh? Uh, Why you got to do that to the great people of Tallahassee? Because he's a great coach. He is a great coach. He, yeah. he works the transfer portal better than anybody. He yeah. is the top of the heap when it comes to understanding the transfer portal because Florida State doesn't put together these elite recruiting classes, but his staff understands how to grab the guys that are looking to move, and they have built that program on the transfer portal. He is the anti-Dabo Sweeney. Look at what Keon Coleman was this year for them, for Pete's sake. Huge. Just as the biggest name to jump out there right away. Huge. I mean, where would you is that where you would go? No. Or would you go somewhere else? No. I, there's a lot of talk about buyouts. There's a lot of talk about who would be the right fit who's going to want to take on that job and 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 not you know if you if you win 11 games you you have to your minimum for this job is losing the SEC championship game and then getting a high seed in the new 12 team playoff that's the minimum anything outside of that is going to be an abject failure at Alabama i think the name to look at and he doesn't come with any buyout whatsoever is Pete Carroll Pete Carroll's out there. Pete oh, Carroll man. still wants to coach. Pete Carroll's won wow. national championships in college. He's won Super Bowls in the NFL. He would not be coming to Alabama for the next 10 years. You would have the ability to figure out who the next guy is going to be while bringing in an absolute legend who would understand what he's taking on. Positivity, energy, success at the highest level. Pete Carroll would be someone I'd kick the tires on. There's no buyout there. A lot of people immediately with Dan Lenny, well, it's a $20 million buyout. With him or Kalen DeBoer or whoever in the Pacific Northwest had that, there's no buyout here. He comes yeah. right in. I don't see it. I, I don't. I, I get the idea as a placeholder for a couple of years. Does Pete want to come in and deal with all of that? To deal with NIL, deal with boosters at Alabama, deal with uh, seven, the decision-making process of 17 to 22-year-olds at his age. Or should I say 25-year-old He's now? young at heart. He went to USC when that program was a dumpster fire. They were they were clinging to the era from how long I, ago about how great they were and built them into an empire and then bounced. I know. It's 20 years ago, though. You know, it's 20 years ago at this point that he did that. So what, what am I thinking about if I'm Pete to, to go and deal with all that? Like, if I'm Pete, I want to go coach in a league. I want to just coach. I want to coach, and I, I want to let everything else – I don't want to go somewhere and be a CEO of an organization, and that's what you are when you're a head coach of college football. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. It's intriguing. I get it. I get where you're coming from with it. That's for sure. Bill Belichick out in New England. Nick Saban's retired. Who would you rather follow? That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Live in New York City with enormous breaking news this morning. The New England Patriots and Bill Belichick are parting ways after 24 seasons. I don't see any way he's done. You know, the fire is still there. You don't think the people are going to be lining up to get Bill Belichick? Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, has just informed his team he is retiring from college football. Deep down, I think he knew this was the moment. Win or lose last week, it was a great time to leave. Wow, that's my reaction. It's wow. The entire show we had planned went up in smoke. Well, the news has been coming fast and furious the last couple of days. A lot of it has been coming right during this show. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. First, it was Nick Saban yesterday after Pete Carroll uh, was announced as being out. Mike Vrabel the day before that. Nick Saban uh, announces his retirement yesterday, and then Bill Belichick and the Patriots earlier today make it official, and they are separating. Here is Robert Kraft and some of his comments to the media earlier on why this had to happen now. The man standing to my left brought the leadership and coaching skills that were needed to make this type of unprecedented success that we have had possible. Coach Belichick will forever be celebrated as a legendary sports icon here in New England, and I believe go in as a pro football Hall of Famer on the first ballot. Why? Because he is the greatest coach of all times, which makes this decision to part ways so hard. But this is a move that we mutually agreed that is needed at this time. You know, there's going to be maybe some more clarity a little bit later because Robert Kraft is going to answer some questions. But, Joe, in either spot, Alabama or New England, it is always difficult to follow one of the all-time greats who has done it. Where would you rather follow 
right now if oh. you're a coaching candidate? Belichick in New England, or would you rather follow Saban at Alabama? Not even close. New England in a heartbeat. New England yeah. in a heartbeat. Belichick already paved the way. The expectations are low, right? It's undersell, over-deliver. Undersell, over-deliver. In New England, you are coming off the worst season since 1992. They just won four games. They haven't won that few a game since 1992 when they went 2-14. and 14. They have completely bottomed out. Do you know what their last playoff win was off the top of your head? Oh, boy. Um... It was the Rams Super Brady Bowl. Was still there. It, it was, was the yeah. Rams Super Bowl. It was five years ago. They, they lost a... that game to the Titans. Yeah, wow. they haven't won a playoff game in five years. They're off a four-win season. Nobody, nobody on planet Earth in that division with Rodgers, with the Dolphins, with Josh Allen. No one's thinking about them coming out with their new head coach and winning ten games next season. Everyone in New England has had three years to get life used to life. Post Patriot Dynasty. Just because Bill was there didn't didn't mean people didn't realize the fact that with Brady gone, this was going to start to fall apart, and it did. At Alabama, are you kidding me? A down season is eleven wins. Like they're in the playoff every year. Saban went eleven and one in SEC championship games. Did anyone process that correctly? Eleven and one in SEC championship games. You're going to go to Alabama. You are going to expect it to win, to blow people out, and to be a top three seed in the playoff next year while competing, if not winning, the SEC. Like that's the expectation at Alabama. Yeah, like I said earlier, if you're not in the playoff at all with 12 teams, like you're out after one year. Ugh. It's over. It's over. Um, I would much rather follow Belichick for a lot of what you just said. But I, to me, Nick Saban is the greatest coach in the history of sports, period. Like, I think he's the greatest coach to ever coach, period. And the reason I say that is not only all of the greatness, but when you consider what the roadblocks are, in doing what he has done, whether it's uh, kind of as I talked about earlier. First of all, you're going into a 17-year-old's house trying to convince them to come and play for you when you have the reputation as, as you know, a tough coach, a guy who's not going to be necessarily easy to go play for and is not necessarily going to cater to your every whim. And you're going to do it in your, you, one of your – best lines that you say in recruiting is make a 40-year decision don't make a four-year decision in where you're going to go whether it's with us or somebody else then you got nil where you have to try to raise all of that money independently and figure out where that's going you have to rely on the positive decision making of 17 to 22 year old kids i don't know about you i was an idiot back then and I was, I would, there was nothing expected of me outside of occasionally showing up at class, and that was too much. So uh, when we're doing all of that, and then you have to develop these players and turn them into not just great players, but, you know, his thing was about being better people too. Like, I, I, I always believed that. He's always been one of the more authentic coaches to me that's ever been. And I can't put anybody else's achievements on that same level with what college football presents as the roadblocks. Now, all that established 
Alabama offers a much better opportunity to start winning right away. Oh, the sure. resources you are going to have at your disposal, you already have a loaded roster. If you are able to come in and maintain some of what's expected to come in, some of what's already there, you are going to be ready to compete right away. Ain't you have no a salary rabid, cap in NIL. <laughs> rabid fan base. You are going to have boosters who realize now is the time to step up and back the program. You weren't needed as much with Nick he could coach him up, but now you need to step up and provide as many resources and as much money as possible to bring in the best players because the organization, the franchise, the university, they need you right now. Texas is coming over to the SEC. Oklahoma is coming to the SEC. Playoff expanding to 12. You need more playoff victories than ever before in order to win a championship. The next head coach at Alabama is going to have every possible resource at his disposal. The table's going to be set. The pressure, however, is going to be immense. Um, so I'm going to make it about me because that's what I do. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's really what everybody wants on a day like today. But so I had the good fortune to interview him once, Nick Saban. And it was the best interview I've ever been a part of. It was me and Andy Staples, who, of course, is with On3 now, a few years ago. And at the end of the interview, and you've heard me talk about this before, that I'm fascinated by why a guy like that continues to do what he does when he's had the level of success. And at that point, it was like five championships at Alabama or something like that. And his answer was related to Belichick in the whole thing about Brady, that people look at Brady and say that, how lucky were the Patriots to get Brady in the sixth round, but Belichick looks at it with what did we screw up in the first five rounds to not recognize that he was going to be this. And that is what Saban chased, and that is what uh, Belichick chased, which was a a pursuit, a constant chase of perfection that is unattainable, right? It's not I have to be perfect, but the, every little piece of the process of what I'm doing has to be better in each moment. You can always get better. Yeah. Yeah, they know that. They what's the famous story? I think when they they beat Clemson the one year in Deshaun Watson in the national championship game, he was back in the film room room 24 hours later getting ready to go through the recruiting class and some of the assistants came in and were kind of blown away by it and it's like, yeah, you get a night to celebrate and now we're back to work. Like that's how it is with him. <laughs> it's very hardcore. It's very 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 difficult very rare to have someone with the two key words that he always preaches, the discipline and the focus to do what's necessary to be great on a regular basis. That's one of the knocks on Lincoln Riley. Like Lincoln Riley's talented, but Lincoln Riley's not necessarily the first guy in the building every day. Yeah. Like that that type of thing. And that's not a knock. Some people are going to choose lifestyle over the process. That's okay. But that's what separates the greatness. This famous story about Kobe in, what was it, London for the Olympics, where he called the team manager to come work him out. It was like four in the morning, and the guy shows up, and they go through two hours of workouts, and then Kobe tells him, all right, go home, get some rest. I'll see you at practice. Practice starts later at like 11 a.m. Guy shows up and he comes up to Kobe and Kobe's shooting and he says, you know, what'd you do? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, you go get breakfast, you go home, you get a nap, you hit the sauna, what'd you do? Kobe's like, no, I've, I've still been here. <laughs> Kobe had been practicing the whole time and this was for yep. the Olympics late in his career. It's not like he was trying to make a name for himself. He was already great, but that's why Nick had Kobe come talk to his team. Very few people can understand what those guys go through. What, how they see the world. Those two were were kindred spirits. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Let's see if we can be great today, shall we? 
you must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer. What's up, boys? Here's your question. Who is the only coach that Nick Saban beat more than 10 times? Good luck. (laughs) Great question. Of all the possible things to ask today, (laughs) there's someone he beat more than 10 times. Why are we getting that guy? That poor guy is going right under the bus. Oh, my God. So we'll think it through. Tossed aside. Carlin versus Joe, the answer in moments on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer. Whoa. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. It was not an easy Hembo Hammer this week. Once again, let's remind you of the question. I'll hit it one more time. What's up, boys? Here's your question. Who is the only coach that Nick Saban beat more than 10 times? Good luck. The only coach that Nick Saban beat more than 10 times. What do you got? My first thought is it's got to be someone in the SEC West, even though I know he coached at Michigan State and in the pros. He coached at LSU and he coached at Alabama. Coaching turnover so wild, the first name that came to mind was Les Miles. I think that's a that's a very good name. The confidence level not very high. Let me be very clear. Confidence yeah, level not high. I tried to get crazy and invoke like you know the Big Ten and the Michigan State days, and I, I you know, I, I mean, honestly, my first thought was Jimbo, and I don't think that's right. I'm going to ride with you on Les Miles. Let's find out if that's right. Neither one of us very confident in our answers at all today. But here is the answer for the Hembo Hammer. The correct answer is Dan Mullen. Saban beat Mullen nine times at Mississippi State. Oh, in Florida. At Florida. Damn. Good question. Oh, that's a good call. Good question. Mullen was around long enough. Mark Rick did come to mind, but he's in the SEC East, so you don't cross over with him every year. Nicely done, Hembo. That's a good one. That was out there for the taking. Yeah, that was out there for the taking. It was. That was. You know what? I would call that a poor effort on our part. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no ambiguity with the question. Nope. That was easily gettable, but yet challenging enough where two of us, like a rat in a trap. Yep. Well, here we are to fix it right now. At least you can. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Day betting alert. Yes. Day betting alert. This game starts in 10 minutes from old Paris, France. Paris, we got the NBA today. It's the Nets and the Cavaliers in 10 minutes from Paris, France. Quick recap, last time out, finally a winner. 3-0, up three units, overall 119, 133, and 2, down 24.38 units. Not good. Probably should be firing some golf futures today. Maybe Gary Woodland minus one, or plus one. 
150 to 1, but we're not going to do that. Here's what we're going to do. It's a player prop in the NBA game. Jarrett Allen of the Cavaliers. We're going over 11 and a half rebounds. Mm. Jarrett Allen of the Cavaliers, over 11 and a half rebounds. It's minus 115. 16 games to start the year with Evan Mobley in the lineup. He averaged 8.2 rebounds per game. 15 games since Evan Mobley got hurt. He goes from 8.2 rebounds per game up to 11.7 rebounds per game. And if you look at his last seven games, he's been on a tear in the rebound and assist department. If you want to combine the two and play over 15 and a half rebounds plus assists, that's a good bet as well. Pizza money. Jared Allen over 11 and a half rebounds minus 115. Day betting alert. Day betting alert. Get involved. To the NBA for giving us that. That's awesome. Absolutely. And at first, I thought you were doing like an Irish accent on Paris. I'm like, what? Sounded Irish? No, at the beginning. At the very beginning, I thought, you're doing an Irish accent? What what are we doing? (laughs) It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN (laughs) Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The news of the day, of course, is that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have mutually agreed ways. And... The fascinating question is, where does he go? One of the possible out there by Adam Schefter, ESPN. Years, desperately wanting to win while he can. And we look at his history in the past. There aren't many that have swung harder at big-name head coaches than Arthur Blank. He once Mm -hmm. tried but didn't get Mm -hmm. to hire Joe Gibbs. He once tried to hire and get Bill Parcells. And now you can see... It makes so much sense. It's hard to imagine that Arthur Blank wouldn't have some level. Now, I'm not at all surprised by that being a thought. I would just be surprised that Belichick would consider it. I don't know that Atlanta's the first place I'm going to go when the quarterback is not in place. Well, the quarterback is certainly an issue. Having said that, offensively, you've got plenty of key skill pieces. You can run the ball with Bajan Robinson. You've got Kyle Pitts at tight end. You've got Drake London at wide receiver. You have a soft division, which opens up an avenue back to the playoffs quicker than almost any other job out there right now. New Orleans is in salary cap hell and keeping Dennis Allen as their head coach. Tampa Bay is okay. Okay, we'll see if they get a playoff win this weekend. The Panthers are a dumpster fire at the moment. You can come into Atlanta. You got to figure out the quarterback position. I'm not saying you need to get the guy of the future, but you're sitting on another top 10 draft pick here. Another top 10 draft pick. That team can win enough games to claim the division and go to the playoffs next year. So that's the big sell. Blank will pay you. There's talent on offense, and there's an easy path to the playoffs relative to what else is out there on the market. If you're Belichick, would you be okay going to a place where you could draft a quarterback and hopefully win in the next couple of years? Because I know we always talk about having to try to be able to win while a quarterback's on his rookie contract, but it's so difficult to do that. Um, Let's say you're talking about at eight, Jaden Daniels, you're talking about Michael Penix. Would either of those guys, if you're Belichick, with the right amount of money, make that an attractive enough situation? I don't know. I don't have the yeah. answer. I don't know how those two project to the NFL level well enough at all. I need to talk to Mel or somebody else who knows what the hell they're talking about because I don't. I like Penix in college. Uh, the big game against Michigan, stage was a little too big, right? Some, Missed a lot of throws yep. in that game. Daniels I, has been very, very good, but it's like how does that transition to the NFL? I, I just I don't know. I do know this. We keep talking about Belichick needs to go somewhere where there's a quarterback. Right now, of all the jobs that are open, there's one place with a quarterback. That's the Chargers. That's it. 
unless you count yep. Bryce Young in Carolina. Nobody else has a quarterback it's, with an open job. It's the Chargers, and remember one thing. Their defense was so bad this year, but they have talent on that defense. They do. That They have talent on that defense, so that might be the most attractive job. That's where I'm trying to get to if I'm him. But, Joe, after what's happened the last couple of days, we have no idea what's coming, and I think there's one more firing coming mm. after this weekend. I think it's – Playoff I, team, you're saying. I think a playoff team come Tuesday is going to be looking to make a change, whether that's the Eagles, whether that's <laughs> the Buccaneers, or whether that is – the Cowboys, if somehow they tanked, uh, and I could see Bill absolutely ending up in Dallas. I could absolutely see that. Do you think the Eagles are considering it right now? Right now, considering, no. Considering if, a change in general, Harbaugh, uh, Pete, whoever it may be. Uh, considering it this second, no. Considering it Monday night at about 1130. Okay. Yeah, maybe so, because this went in the tank in a blink of an eye. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.